This call is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. My name is Andrew. Who just joined me on the call? Good morning, Andrew. Happy Friday. It's Pretty Patrice. Happy Friday, Pretty Patrice. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing this morning? Wonderful. Excellent. Well, well, you get the prize. You were the first one to join me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's a happy Friday to clear victory. My name is Andrew. Who just joined me on the call? Good morning, Barbara Adelodi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Barbara Adelodi. How's Lodi this morning? Good. I hope we're not hitting triple digits. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that, please? I said I hope we're not hitting triple digit heat today. Ooh, ooh. Well, well. Make sure you think cool thoughts. Yes. And stay hydrated. Most definitely. Thank you. Okay. It's Good morning, brother Andrew. I'm sorry. Oh. Go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. I just wanted to say good morning, all. Just Deborah Evans. Good morning, Brother Andrew. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Happy good Friday morning. to you. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday you too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad everybody is joining. Because this is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from here, from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that didn't understand and seek God. They are all gone to stop. Good morning. It's a happy Friday to clear victory. Who just joined us on the call? Sister Julia. Hey, Sister Julia. God bless you. How y'all doing? I'm dealing with I'm dealing with kidney stones now. Oh, okay. We 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 keep you lifted up, sister, and we'll continue. Are are you, are you doing what the doctor told you? Yes, he gave me a little cup to to go to urinate in, and uh, if they if they don't something uh uh. Uh, if, if they don't come out, I think they told me how it looks. I'll, I'll try to remember how they're supposed to be looking. Don't let go ahead to do surgery. Take them out. <clears throat> okay. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Sister Susie. Good morning. Hi, Sister. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Happy Friday. Hey, Sister Tracy. Happy Friday. Good morning, Diva. Happy Friday. Hey, Sister Yvonne. Happy Friday to you. Always good to hear you. Always. Stay blessed. Good morning. 
Yo, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. It's it's just it's just good to be under the umbrella of faith. No matter what you're going through, whether it's physical, mental, financial, emotional, uh, political trouble is there's a there's enough trouble. Jesus said that there's enough trouble sufficient for the day to keep you focused on that day, without worrying about what's going to happen the day after or next week. But like I said, if you're under the umbrella of faith, it may rain around you, but it's never going to rain on you. Amen. The Lord is good. Yes. His, his mercy endureth, and his truth is here for all generations. He's a wonder. My name is Andrew. I'm just excited about my God here at Declare Victory. It's Men's Day. Who's with me on the call? Good morning, it's Diane. Happy Friday. Hey Diane. Andrew. Hey Diane, happy Friday. Thank you. Glad you joined the number. Your brother Andrew. Yes, ma'am. It's I'm trying to get get whatever in me out of me or whatever. But it's time for me to start traveling going out of town. This town just uh just but you know, that's when just you heard we can't hear something maybe some stones start coming in these different states and I'm ready to go. To help okay. out. And they try to stop it before the devil, but I'm okay to stop it. Well well the well the thing is like you need to you need to make sure you're doing what the what the doctors told you. Okay. Yeah, and you need to you need to you need to stay hydrated and drink what they told you to drink as much as they water. told you to drink. Yeah, as much as they told you. And yeah. but because the thing is, if you get run down and you can't do, then here here here's the thing, Sister Julia. We we have to be wise as serpent but harmless as doves. And you can be down for a couple days or you could be down for a couple months. Look how many people look look how much the people suffer when you're not there if nobody else takes your place so is it better to be gone for two days or two months so you so you use wisdom heed the instructions that you've been given and trust god to do the rest amen thank you yes and we'll and we'll, and we'll keep you lifted the, the the body of believers on this call will keep you lifted and remembered and everything will be everything because god is always good yes he is he's not failed anybody on this call no matter how badly we felt or how alone we felt he's never failed anybody he's not going to start with you so Amen. you're in good hands you're in good hands it's a happy friday to clear victory my name is andrew we're just talking about how good god is who just joined us on the call? Good morning, Declare Victory. This is Shantae. Hey, Shantae. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Thank you. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? 
He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. We have to be mindful and kind to our neighbor, no matter how far they traveled to be our neighbor, no matter what their reasons were for traveling or the condition they are on the trip. They're still our neighbor. And we had to clear victory, love our neighbor. My name is Andrew. It's Men's Day. Who's with me on the call? Good morning. This is Dia. Good morning, sister. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasteth after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. It's a wonderful day to declare victory. It's a happy Friday. My name's Andrew. Who's with me on the call? Good morning, well, Andrew. Good morning, Lisa. Yes. Good morning, Lisa. Happy Friday. Good to hear you. Friday. Good to be heard. Amen. Well, everyone, according to the clock on a wall, it's time we got started. Be about our father's business. <clears throat> so if I could ask everyone under the sound of my voice to please check your phone and make sure that the mute feature is depressed and activated, engaged and ongoing, so that as the word of God is going forth, the only voice you hear is the voice that you should hear, the speaker of the moment. My name is Andrew, in case you didn't know, and I'm your host for the morning. You've tuned in to Declare Victory, and this is who we are. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we're here to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed, too. Today is Men's Day. Only the men are scheduled in the lineup to bless you. We want to thank you for joining us throughout July. And we're asking you to stay tuned daily here in this new month, August. The theme for this month is the called. You don't want to miss the messages, lessons, and the heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declares. There are two announcements before us today. Firstly, if you have been blessed by the call and you'd like to sow into it, please visit us at www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me slash declarevictory. We play thousandfold blessings from our Heavenly Father to you for your giving 
and trusting in him. Secondly, please join us right here on this same channel tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time again for Friday Night Live, hosted by our own Dee Dee Felder. The title for this evening, Are You Better or Still Bitter? There was one prayer request on the online app. Sister Carolyn would like us to remember her before the Lord. Also, please keep Brother Moses and his wife lifted up and on our hearts as we approach the throne of God. Uh, his wife is at that fullness of time where the baby wants to make an appearance, but the baby has not appeared yet. So please keep father, mother, and baby on your minds and in your hearts. Sister Julia has asked for prayer to be continued, lift, continually lifted up. She's having an issue with kidney stones, and that is impacting her outreach to the poor and the needy. And we know that as a frontline soldier on that front, uh, which is constant, uh, she's very necessary. So we're asking everyone to keep her lifted up. And the constant ongoing prayers for the children, the needy, the lonely, the scared, the imprisoned, uh, those that are in hospice care, those that are in extended care, those that are in ERs right now, children going back to school, the government, the politicians, the corrupt individuals that wield their power like a sword to strike down the poor and the needy. These and other issues need your prayer and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're commanded to do that also. So please, as we approach the throne of God, keep that in mind. The order of the call is as follows. The declaration will be brought by Pastor Lawrence Van Hook. Leading prayer and corporate praise will be Brother Jeff. That order once again. The declaration will be rendered by Pastor Lawrence Van Hook. Prayer and corporate praise will be led by Brother Jeff. Immediately following, we will go directly into closing comments, our love, life, and victory section, where Pastor Lawrence Van Hook will further elucidate the lesson that he brought. Before you hear his voice, please check your phone once again so that he doesn't have to pause to remind someone to go back on mute. The word of God is precious before our eyes and our ears. And in these days and times, we need it more than ever. I now pass the call. Next voice you hear will be that of the declarer. My name is Andrew Hart. God bless you all. Pastor Van Hook, if you're speaking, we cannot hear you. Pastor Van Hook. Pastor Van Hook, if you're on, 
We cannot hear you. Could someone under the sound of my voice try to reach out to Pastor Van Hook? Casey's having some technical difficulties. Yes, give me a second. I will, Andrew. Okay, thank you. In the meantime... Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer, that goeth not out of fame lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thy ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee, from those that rise up against thee. Keep me as the apple of thine eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. From the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about, they are enclosed in their own fat. With their mouth, they speak proudly. Amen. Andrew, I, I was not able to. Um, I was not able to reach him. Okay. All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Andrew again, and I will be filling in for Pastor Van Hook this morning. I will be before you very briefly, but it's always an honor and privilege to be before you. God's uh, people are, are beautiful people, and it's it's a lovely matter to be able to discuss the Word of God. It is strength. It is safety. It is shelter. It is nourishment. It is direction. And it is safety. And so the more of it that we get, the better off we are. So if you will indulge me and give me a few minutes of your time, we I want to turn your attention to Psalm 73. Uh, this is uh, the theme in Psalm 73 is, is, is always timely because the Word of God is always an on-time uh, situation. But especially in these days and times, we are inundated and weighed down with uh, 
the acts of wicked men and women <clears throat> right now at the levels of power in this country, not just this country, but this world, and they are enacting uh, airstrikes financially and politically. Uh, they are sending ground troops in uh, politically and physically to attack the poor and the needy. And it's going on, <clears throat> excuse me, this is going on on a daily basis. Every day, the news tells you that this is going on, and it doesn't seem like anything is happening. And this is fair fit to make even the most trusting of God's children wonder what's going on. Because bad things are happening to good people. The vulnerable are being taken advantage of, of you know, with, with reckless abandon. And it doesn't seem like anyone cares. And it doesn't seem like anybody is trying to stop it. At least no one with any power. Because those with the power seem to be hesitant for some reason. And it's disheartening. And we, as a shining example before the world, seem like we're not doing anything. And it's not just a global thing. This is happening in your neighborhoods. This is happening around the corner. It's happening in your churches and schools. And again, it's enough to give someone pause and wonder what's going on. And this is the theme in Psalm 73. Verse 1 starts off, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Pretty clear. You know, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. He keeps his promises. He's our shield and buckler. If you call on him in a day of trouble, he promised to hear and deliver. Okay? That's not up for debate. That's who he is. That's his nature extended fleshed out and we as his children we're supposed to be the same way they're supposed you're supposed to be able to find in your walk down here a friend who sticks closer than a brother would and brother is is drawn by familiarity by blood by obligation but there's a friend that sticks closer to you than even that we're supposed to be able to find that but he goes on to talk. He's established the hierarchy of order in terms of need and emotion and having both of those uh, sufficiently uh, at levels to operate. He goes on in verse 2 to say, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, earlier, David has already established, with respect to the word of God, that a fool was someone who said in his heart, there is no God. David said that the heavens declare the handiwork of the Lord. And in no language is their voice not heard. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Meaning that all you have to do, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you are, look up. And when David was writing this, this was in the days before light pollution, where you could look at a clear night sky and just see stars. You could see galaxies, nebula, uh, meteorites streaking across the arc. Okay, you could see all that very clearly. And David's like, all you have to do is look up. And you see that, you know God. Okay, no matter who you are, you can't look up and not see God. Okay? But Asaph, who wrote this, is saying that, man, <laughs> I all I did was I, I didn't look up. I looked down and around. And I, I almost lost my way. Because these wicked people, they were everywhere. And they were flourishing. And it didn't seem to make sense. He says in verse 4, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. This is a reference to burial. And once they wrapped the people that prepared a corpse, once they wrapped the body, they would put the linen over the body, and then they would put bands around the body constricting it so when it was in, entombed it would not once the body started to rot and discorporate you know you wouldn't have you wouldn't go back into the tomb because often tombs were family tombs uh, catacombs if you would uh, where more than one body was going to be uh, like laid, laid bare so you wouldn't want to go in next time someone in the family died to find the person that you put in previously every which way, like an arm here falling off the shelf that off the cooling slab where it was placed. So they put bands around the body to keep the body relatively intact. And the author is telling us there are no bands in their death. Even when they die, they're not like us. It doesn't seem like anything is, is, is affecting them. The regular course of life isn't affecting them. They seem immune. They are not in trouble as other men, verse 5 continues. Neither are they plagued like other men. So since it doesn't seem that those checks and balances that exist for everybody else aren't really kicking in with them, Verse 6 happens upon you. Therefore, pride compasseth them as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. They're just completely washed up in it. And David told us that pride cometh for destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So, just on that, it's like, okay, their comeuppance is coming. It just hasn't happened yet. They're getting by, but they're not getting away. But that's not helping Asaph right now. He's like, look, there's some, something wrong. There's something wrong about this. These people are hurting other people. And the longer that they stay where they are, the worse it seems to get. What's going on? Verse 7, their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. Okay? They're not, they don't need a budget. They see something, 
they can just whip out their plastic and get what they see. Don't even have to ask about the price. If is it new? Is it shiny? Is it cool? They'll have it. They may not even enjoy it. They're just going to get it because they can. <clears throat> They're high profile. You know, they they seem to look better than everybody else. They smell better than everybody else. They're just the it people. And he's like, this this isn't, you know, like the numbers aren't adding up. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily like they're immune, like nothing you do can stop them. So don't even try. And they're putting out the the ism that it's just cool being me. And we know in our walk, we know that one thing that we can't do is elevate ourselves above our station. We should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. That's a biblical commandment. And yet these people do, and it doesn't seem like anybody is pulling on their coattails. It doesn't seem like they're getting any warnings. It doesn't even seem like they get the Scrooge treatment and and they get visitations, spiritual visitations in the night, warning them to change their ways. They're just going down 75 miles an hour in the 25-mile zone, and everybody's cool with it. Verse 9, and here where it starts to get more sticky, they set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. They say what's on their mind. And people praise them for it because they're straight shooters. You know, they're just going to get you red if you press them. And they think that that's, a, that's an asset, that that's somehow uh, a compliment. Hmm. Verse 10, therefore his people returned hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. So the, the, the innocent, the godly, the vulnerable, the old, the young, poor, they suffer. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? See, they're, they're even <laughs> thumbing their nose at God, saying, that, <laughs> does he even exist? And they'll, and they'll make bold statements like, if God is there, then strike me down. And it's funny because people laugh at that and think that, you know, wow, like you have to be on the intellectual cutting edge. Or, or worse, you really have to be stupid in this day and age. In the, in, in the age of technology being king, that you would bow down to a notion of there being a God who's love when all of this is going on. Sort of like the, re, the, the they'll, they'll present that they are proof positive that God can exist because if he did, how am I here doing this well? And people, and, and people in vulnerable states hear that, listen to that, and they buy into that. And Satan gets way more mileage out of that than he does having somebody walk down the street with three sixes tattooed in their forehead. Let me say that again. Satan gets more mileage out of someone like that skewing the word of God 
and presenting themselves as proof against everything the Bible says than someone by going all in and worshiping the demonic. Because if you don't serve God, you serve Satan and his kingdom anyway, regardless of how over the edge you seem. Verse 12, behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. These people give these bold predictions. They blaspheme and they still continue to do well. Now, verse 13 starts getting really close to the bone because he's been telling you what they've been doing. Now he brings the microscope uh, to focus internally on him. He's like, verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. I've not been doing that. I've been doing what I was supposed to do, what I've been taught to do, what I believed I needed to do. And I've got nothing to show for it. I mean, I'm 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 gonna be a victim sooner or later. They're gonna be coming for me. Like, what am I even supposed to do? What am I even supposed to believe? Doubt starts creeping in. You're less sure of where your feet are. You're starting to slide, even though there's no snow on the straight and narrow path. It's not rain slip in your and you're sliding in mud, but your steps are less sure now because you're not looking straight ahead. You're looking around and behind. And your focus, our focus on this trip is supposed to be on our brothers to our left and our right and everybody that's in our path on this path because these steps are ordered by the Lord. Everybody we run into, everything we run into, Everything that hits us, everyone that finds us, is going to be under that umbrella of our steps being ordered. These aren't coincidences, either through chastisement, either through uh, witness, either through uh, assistance or example to somebody else. Everything that we experience is for a purpose, and even when it's through our chastisement, the verse that tells us all things work together to them, while well, things work together for good to, to them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose, that wraps everything up. Even if you don't think it, it, it can fit or matter, God's like, nothing is wasted on this trip because your steps are ordered. But he said that Fairly, clearly, truly, I'm in the wrong, I'm doing the wrong thing. Verse 14, for all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. Okay, what's wrong with this picture? These people are just like, like running amok. They're doing whatever they're big enough to do. And me, I'm trying to keep it straight. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do like I've been taught, like I read, like what the Bible tells me, the basic instructions, basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah, it told me to do X. I'm doing X. And I'm still plagued. Bad, you know, like tough times are still hitting me 
And when I step out of line, God deals with me quickly. But it's like nothing's happening to them. What's wrong with this picture? But then 15 starts to really bring it to the head. He says, if I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. Okay, see, um, he's still being godly. His mind is still on godly matters. And he's, his lament is going up. He's not sit, telling this on his balcony. He's not saying it in the gate of the city where all the important people are, where others can just pick up on this. He's just musing it to himself. He's having that conversation with his mind and his heart. He's like, look, if I say what's on my mind to other people, I'm going to trip up somebody who's not as established in the word as I am, someone who's newer to the path, someone who's weaker in the doctrine and in the truth espoused therein. I can't do that. I don't want to offend against the generation of your children, God. I'm not trying to be a stumbling block to someone who's on this path with me. And then, verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Man, what am I going to do? I don't understand what I'm seeing. I don't understand how this fits in with all the promises that are yea and amen. But if I say something about it, if I go to my, my brothers, somebody who's not ready to hear that, somebody who's still on milk, somebody who's struggling with their faith is going to hear me and this is going to, this is going to distract them. This is going to detract them and maybe get them off the path entirely. I, I, I couldn't live with myself if that happened. And so that realization is, 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 really, is really vexing him. So what does he do? He goes to the hospital. He's being sickened by this, so he goes to get some help. Verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. That song we used to sing, Just a Little Talk with Jesus Makes It Right, all he had to do was come back to square one. All he had to do. In Revelation, when in the book of Revelation, when the first angel of the church gets the letter, the church's uh, admonition was, you've forgotten your first love. Go back and do the first works again. And this is what he just did. When when this was really tearing him up inside, when he was really having, if you want to use this turn of phrase, a crisis of faith, when he's wrestling with where he is and what he's seeing and the promises that he's read and been told and taught, he goes back to square one. He goes back to the house of God. Verse 18, surely thou didst set them in slippery places Thou castest them down into destruction. It's like you gave them rope to hang themselves, and they're so they're so caught up in in in, in, in the blasphemy 
and the uh, wicked rancor and the power that they think they wield, they don't even see it. Verse 19, how are they brought into desolation? As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. Verse 20, as a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. So he's not saying, he's using flowery language not to suggest that God is sleeping on the job, but that God is just giving them time before he drops the whammy on them. Like God is in control. God knows what he's doing. And Asaph was just marveling at, oh, man, you set them up. Wow. You did, and, and you just did it, and, and you did it so subtly. It's like, you, you know, you had me fooled, but I know your promises are yea and amen. I know that your truth endureth to all generations. I know that you are my rock and my shelter. I know in you I can trust, in you I can hide. So, yeah, uh, that's pretty amazing how you did that. Verse 21, thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Like, why? And I, on, on second thought, I can't even believe that, that I bought into their wicked reign would just continue. I should have known better. Verse 23, nevertheless, I am conti continually with thee. Thou hast hid, told in me by my right hand. You haven't left me. You haven't forsaken me. You know, the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear thee. Okay, I've never been outside of traveling under your protection with my steps ordered by you on this straight and narrow. Um, you know, I, I did. I why did I not even know that? Even though I knew that, why wasn't I telling myself that first? I just lamented it. Wow, look how big and bad these guys are. And I didn't think about that first. Verse 24, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Verse 25, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. You're going to guide me with your wisdom, with your counsel. And afterward, I will dwell with you. Who else do I need? Who else should I want? <laughs> You're my everything. Good morning. Verse 26, my flesh and my heart faileth. You know, yeah, it, you know, I, I was wrong. My flesh consumed me. I wasn't thinking in the spirit. I'm sorry, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can you put your phone on mute? Thank you. Just check your phone. Thanks. He says, my, you know, I'm human. I'm prone to misstep. I'm prone to failure. But be that as it may, you're the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, you are the inheritance of those that trust and believe 
and the one true and living God. And you are all I'll ever need. And when my heart feels heavy, you are the strength of my heart. Remember when David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to fear walking anywhere, because I know whose protection I travel under. You, de- you come after me, you deal with him, and you can cut me down, but you're still going to have to deal with him. So there's a beauty in every step I take because he covers me completely. Verse 27, for lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. Nobody escapes. Nobody gets by. Nobody gets away. Verse 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Now, the interesting thing is, this is a wise man because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He clearly fears God, but his desire for his own time to have for things to happen when he expects them to consumed him and clouded just for a moment, clouded his uh, processing of what he's seeing in front of his eyes and what he knows is happening behind the scenes, behind that veil. And for 20, you know, for, for 27 verses, he's telling you, you know, how he went from one side of the pendulum and he swung to where he needed to be on the other side of the pendulum. But it took him 27 27 verses to come to the realization, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. That's our job anyway. When we wake up in the morning to when we go down at night, that's our job. And it's never easy. Their sacrifice, our, our life is sacrifice. That's part of the deal. Okay, salvation is free, but you, but it was paid for in blood, and we will sweat, and we will bleed, and we will weep, and we will weary, and at the end we get we get crowns. At the end, we get to rejoice when the next soul gets saved. It's a beautiful walk. It's a beautiful relationship. It's a beautiful love. But you have to look at the world with spiritual lenses, not with fleshly. Because when you look at the flesh, you listen to the news, you read. Most people don't read newspapers anymore, but when you read the posts on social media, you start to get a twisted view of who's in charge and what's going on and where the threats truly lie. God is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. 
and we are good when we stay in his stead. Thank you for this time, beloved. The Lord is awesome. And if we keep our eyes on him and not on them, we'll be where we need to be the way we need to be. And I'll pass the call to Brother Jeff. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Another day, another opportunity to reverence you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord God, for the declaration this morning, Lord God, that helps us to look to you, Lord God, no matter what's going on in the world and what it looks like around us, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord God, for your holy word, Lord God, that lives down on the inside of us, Lord God, that endows us and that empowers us, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, to stand, Lord God, to be the salt and the light, Lord God, of this world, of the earth, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for reminding us of all that we have to be grateful for, Lord God, which is much, Lord God. So, Lord God, we say thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for the finished work of the cross, Lord God. Thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord God, that took the penalty of sin for us, Lord God. He died in our place, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you for reminding us, Lord God. We say thank you, Lord God, for your holy word, Lord God, oh, that we have hid in our hearts, Lord God, so that we won't sin against you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your word, word that it tells us, Lord God, it is we that keep your commandments, Lord God, that is your disciples, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. And Lord God, it, it tells us, Lord God, if we don't keep your commandments, Lord God, that we are a liar, Lord God, and that we are not your children, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So today, Lord God, we pray. We pray for those, Lord God, that are lost. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. That are blind, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. You give us a clear description, Lord God, that those that are the children of the Father and those that are the children of the devil. Oh, thank you, Lord God. We pray for this world, Lord God. We say thank you for your word, Lord God, where that it tells us, Lord God, that we are not to love the world, neither the things in the world, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So, Lord God, we pray. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for the time when you pour out your spirit among men, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We pray, oh, hallelujah, Lord God, that this, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God, that man repent, repent, Lord God, and turn from his wicked ways, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, so that you may heal the land, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. And truly, we are grateful, Lord God. We're grateful, Lord God, for every morsel of food, Lord God, uh, nourishment, Lord God, that you provide for this uh, natural body, Lord God. But, Lord God, we above that, we say thank you, Lord God, for the spiritual food, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, that we receive, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you for your word, where that it tells us, Lord God, that we can pray in the spirit, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, that we can pray in the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God, and it'll pray for us, Lord God. 
Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for your word. When that it tells us, Lord God, you already know what we have need of. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So, Lord God, we pray in our heavenly language, Lord God, so that we may build up our inner man, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So no matter what comes against us, Lord God, in this world, we will be able to stand. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Lord God, we lift up every prayer request, Lord God, that was spoken this morning, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. All of the prayer requests that Brother Andrew spoke on, Lord God, we say thank you, Lord God, in advance, Lord God, for the answering of these prayers, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. We continue to lift up the, the children, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. The time is coming close, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Where they'll be putting on brand new tennis shoes, Lord God. Brand new outfits, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Going back into the schools, Lord God, to gain an education, Lord God. So we pray for the institution of education, Lord God. Oh, cover our children, Lord God. And those, oh, hallelujah, Lord God, the mentors and the teachers, Lord God, that will be speaking into our children, Lord God, we pray for their hearts and their mind as well, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Rebuke the devil, Lord God. Rebuke the devourer, Lord God, that will, I come against our children, Lord God, and that will, hey, try to influence them in the wrong way, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We say thank you. For godly parents, Lord God, that raise up their children, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. In the admonition of the Lord, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. So if they depart, hey, hallelujah, they will return. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Cover the children today, Lord God. Lord God, we continue, Lord God, to lift up our marriages today, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for my beautiful wife, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Bless her today, Lord God, as she prays over me, Lord God. I pray over her, Lord God. I pray for every marriage, Lord God, that you bind us together, Lord God. Strengthen us, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Make us one, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord God, for the institution of marriage, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. We continue, Lord God, to lift up our communities and our neighborhoods, Lord God. Even though the gunfire went off last night, Lord God, we pray, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for your protection, Lord God, that the bullets, see, there was nothing but shells, that the bullets hit nothing but air, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Cover our communities today, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Strengthen us today, Lord God, as we walk and jog in our neighborhoods, Lord God, praying in the spirit, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for our communities, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord God. We continue, Lord God, to lift up our ministers and pastors, Lord God, those that pray, Lord, and war in the spirit for their congregations, Lord God. Cover us, cover them today, Lord God. Cover the evangelist, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Cover the prophetess, Lord God. Cover the, oh, hallelujah, Lord. Even the deacons, Lord God. Oh, cover all of the auxiliaries in the church today, Lord God. Those, the workers, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord God, for sending more workers into the vineyard, Lord God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. On this line, oh, hallelujah, Lord. Every victor, Lord God, that, that declare victory over our lives, Lord God. We pray and lift them up to you as well, Lord God. We pray your protection and covering over their lives, Lord God. Bless them today, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. The United States of America, Lord God. We lift this nation up to you, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord God. 
no matter who's in the White House, Lord God, no matter who's in Congress, Lord God, hey, no matter who's in the Senate, Lord God, we say thank you, Lord God, for you are in control, Lord God, and we place our trust in you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you for this nation, Lord God. Continue to bless this nation, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Hey, continue to bless the saints and the believers. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God, in this nation, Lord God, because we continue to love you back, Lord God. It was you, Lord God, that first loved us, Lord God. Hey, thank you for the tugging at our hearts, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. We just want to honor you in every area of our lives today, Lord God, uh, individually and collectively, Lord God. So right now I ask every victor on the line to take their phones off of mute and let's collectively give thanks to our, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Give thanks to our Lord. Thank Savior, you, Lord Jesus. God. Lift up the name of our Lord. Lift up the name of our Lord. We give your name the praise, the glory, and the Lord God, we submit our will unto you, Lord God. We give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you, God, for waking us up this morning, God. Thank you for the breath of life, Lord God. Thank you for the activity of our limbs, Lord God. Thank you for the food on the table, we thank you, God, for the declaration on this morning, God. Thank you for your word, oh God. Thank you, the way it's too hard, Father. Lord God, we know there is no such 
name, God. At the end of the day, God said, son, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that you are the Lord. So we bless your name, God. We thank you, God, for all of us Lord God. We thank you, God, for setting us aside, Lord God. We thank you, God, for separating us, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless your name. We bless your name, God. We understand, Lord God, that you are the pleasure. We are the
Your holy name, Lord Jesus. Your holy name, Lord Jesus. Yes, Father. We give thanks. We give praises. Is that Pastor Carl? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Thank you for that prayer. Amen. If there's anyone on the call that joined late and didn't get a chance to say good morning, now's your time. Good morning, family. This is Pam. Good morning, Pam. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Juliet. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. Great decoration. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Hey, good morning, brother. Good morning, sister. Happy Friday. Is there anyone else? Good morning, it's Bernice. Good morning, happy Friday. Amen. Thank you for for everyone that, that called in this morning. I didn't necessarily have a declaration uh, plan, but the verse tells us, be also ready. And like I said, it's always a blessing and a privilege to discuss the Word of God. Uh, a quick recap of, of what I brought this morning was a synopsis of Psalm 73, a Psalm of Asaph. And Asaph basically presents that in the first verse, verse 1 and verse 28, he presents that God is awesome, God is true, God is genuine, God is reliable, and God never fails. But in between, from two to verse two to verse twenty-seven, he lets you in on that uh, that eagle-eye view of his struggle with an issue that we all struggle with, whether we're bold enough or open enough to admit it or not. That uh, <clears throat> we don't take the admonition. Uh, that David gave us in Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious of workers of iniquity. We like stop right there. He goes on to say, for they shall soon be cut off. We don't read that far. We just start to fret when we see wicked, wicked men, wicked women in power with influence start vexing their strength and their power, their money, and they start hurting people that are vulnerable. And it doesn't seem like they get put in check. They do everything that they're big enough to do. They bully, they hiss, they threaten, they take. And it doesn't seem like, again, there's a check and balance against it. 
And on the other side, as soon as you step out of line just a little bit, you know, you feel it. But, you know, when more has been given to you, more is required. And we have salvation. We have an adoption into the royal family. Princes and princesses can't do what the commoners do. So, yeah, when you put a toe out of line, you get put in check. They don't seem to be in that same category. And he struggled with that. He didn't broadcast it. He didn't tell everybody downtown. He kept it to himself. But the struggle was extreme. And he wanted to say something. But he said if he said anything along those lines, what he was thinking, what he was feeling, what his struggle was, it would trip up somebody who was less grounded, less sure. So he couldn't do that. So even in the midst of the red haze of his pain, even in the midst of the fog of his confusion, he knew enough. He feared God enough not to want to impact somebody else who wasn't as far along with God as he was. So he kept quiet. And the more quiet he kept, the more it roiled within him. You know, stress is like that. Worry is like that. But then he fixed it by going to the house of God, where God's truth is espoused, where the saints of God raise their voice in praise, when you can hobnob and fellowship with fellow believers who are struggling with very much the same things you are. And in that camaraderie, within that bonding group, it clicked. Okay, yeah, I'm good now. And then he praised God for the rest of that that psalm. I mean, you 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 see that pretty much played out uh, in the book of Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was doing everything that he was big enough to do. Daniel gave him a warning. You need to put that in check. And Nebuchadnezzar was like, okay. For a while, he put it in check. But then he was like, it's not this great Babylon that I have builded for my majesty and created for my, you know, glory. Well, the word, the Bible says, while the words were yet in his mouth, voice from heaven came, gave him his sentence, and he was driven from men. And for seven years, he was, you know, insane. He was eating grass like he was an ox. He wasn't cutting his hair, wasn't cutting his fingernails. <clears throat> Excuse me. And seven years passed, seven times passed over him. He was like that seven straight years. But nobody killed him. Nobody put him in a dungeon. Nobody touched him. This was still the king. Where do you ever see that happening in human history? That never happens. When you're a king, you got to watch everybody in your family. Herod had his family killed for such purposes. Okay? But Nebuchadnezzar was still around seven years later. And when his reasoning returned, they cleaned him up. They set him back on the throne. And he said his, his, uh, his people came and sought him out as before. And he extolled the Lord of heaven. He gave his witness. He praised God. Nebuchadnezzar, that big evil rascal. 
okay, Asaph knew this in his heart that the Lord was still in charge. And so when you read that, when, when you feel pressed by what you're hearing and what you're seeing, or consequently by what you're not seeing, what you're not hearing, and you start to fret in your spirit, go back to Psalm 73 and look at someone who's feeling the same way, but was strong enough and skilled enough to articulate it link by link to let you know that like, you know, what you're feeling, yeah, I did that too. I was right there. But this is how I came out. And that is inspiration, that is guidance, that is medicine for us, depending on or irregard well, not irregardless, that's not a word, but without regarding what you're going through, Psalm 73 is the prescription because when you feel that God's promises aren't being acted out timely enough for them to still be promises, you just have to keep watching. God knows what he's doing. He's got everything under control. Your steps are ordered and all of his children's steps are ordered. Jesus gave this statement. Upon this, for upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. What was he actually saying? Because unlike the world's vision, Jesus knows that Satan does not sit on the throne of hell. That doesn't happen. You know, death and hell are going to be thrown in the lake of fire, and Satan gets cast in the lake of fire. That's his end. Okay, so he's not like working out of hell. But Jesus also said that the mouth of hell was enlarged. It's larger than it was originally made to be because of so many souls rejecting Jesus, rejecting salvation. Okay? So when the statement is, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, what he's really saying is that though more numbers are going to be going in there than anticipated, those numbers will not outnumber the number John said no man could number. We will have the numbers. We're going to win that battle too. They'll be more saved than unsaved. So those gates of hell where where the unsaved are going to enter, those aren't going to be more than the kingdom of God where those souls will enter. And so Jesus has this. God has it. We're good. All we have to do is understand, trust, and believe that. That was what I was trying to bring to your attention this morning. So are there any questions, any comments at all? The mic is yours. Good morning, Brother Andrew. Uh, hey, Brother great, Jeff. Great declaration, man, for for feeling, for standing. Uh, wow. You know, um, 
we we really need to have God's word down on the inside of us. Uh, we the the joy, the love, the grace, the peace. We we got to have all of that down on in, on the inside of us when we look around about us and see all the the wickedness and the the suffering that's taking place. You know, uh, you you're not out here in California, but uh, just uh, you know a weekend ago. Someone uh, starts shooting at a peaceful uh, gathering, you know, just just food and fellowship. Uh, the garlic festival, you know, um, you know, uh, someone from that community that went to high school in that community uh, took out a firearm and started shooting, and um, God caused that that firearm to jam. So to uh, cut down on, on the the amount of lives that was lost, so uh-huh. you you know it, it's there's so much wickedness that's going on around about us, and like you said, as we continue to read down further, uh, it, it it God tells us in His Word that He's going to cut them down, you know, and so they they might be balling on on top right now with with all the all of the money and not allowing uh, the money to trickle down uh, to those that are suffering and in, in need. And as I was listening to your declaration, uh, it, it sort of stood out for me that God is looking to his saints, you know, to, uh, to minister and provide a need. Uh, for those for those that are impoverished and, and for those that are uh, in suffering, and, and 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 those that are in power with all of the the financial resource that won't uh, hand down uh, any of the resources to to help those that are uh, in need and, and those that are suffering, it, God is looking to His saints to 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 uh, to take care. Uh, the needy, you know, just like, uh, you know, he tells us to do so with the widow. You know, there is Mm -hmm. so many people living on the streets that are suffering that, you know, it it brings tears to my heart, you know. uh, And so, you know, as as saints and believers, as if if each one of us could just do our part, uh, you know, the, 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 the light, be shining and and you know they they'll know that there's a God because of the work that we'll be doing. Not not you know until he he take the 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 riches from the rich and give it to the poor. Great Amen. decoration this morning. Thank you, brother. Thank you, and and and, and I appreciated your comments because uh, there are there are people that that. Uh, don't actually look out their window and see children starving, but with a stroke of a pen, they'll cause kids to go to bed hungry. But because those kids aren't in their mind's eye and they aren't in the front of their faces, you know, they don't think about it. They just keep on, they go to the next thing or the next toy, you know, on their agenda to play with. And, that's very much like the uh, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You'll hear a lot of people calling 
the rich man Dives. Dives is just the Greek word for wealthy man. But the thing is, like, Lazarus was, was a beggar and would only eat, like, the scraps that fell from his table, the, the things that they would throw away, like most restaurants throw in dumpsters. And they say because of the health code issues and food safety concerns, they can't give that food to the poor. And so tons of food daily across this nation get thrown away and wasted. Now, in Italy, they've made it a crime, a federal crime, to have a food that is just extra, that wasn't purchased or wasn't eaten, thrown away. You have to give it to uh, a shelter. You have to give it to a place that feeds the hungry. Have to. How easy would that be for us to do that? But nobody really wants to, or they're going to like debate ways and means for six, eight months. And each night, some some child, some mother is crying because they're hungry. It's inexcusable in a land that's this wealthy, but not everybody in this land is wealthy. It's not spread evenly. You know, you can't find a country where it is, though. And the thing is, like, you could get bogged down by by all of that, but Jesus is very clear in his word. When you read the account of Lazarus and the rich man, it doesn't start off like, now, and I, I hone only, I hew only from the King James Version, but when you look at that, it doesn't start like other passages where, and he spake a parable unto them saying, or he taught them a parable to this end, that men should always pray and faint not. It doesn't start off like that. The word parable never shows up in the original. It starts off like this. There was a certain rich man. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus, the word, who was in the beginning. He was the beginning. Okay? He's saying there was a certain rich man. That's not a, this is, this is me. That's not a parable. He's telling you what happened. And when this rich man who was doing everything he was big enough to do, moving like a baller, if you will, and just running unchecked, okay, he died. In the very next verse, the very next sentence says, and in hell lifted he up his eyes. Boom, just that fast. Okay, so Jesus didn't say that was a parable. It's not like the uh, prodigal son. It's not like the good Samaritan. He was just like, there was a certain rich man. You don't need to know his name. He's like typical rich folks. Okay, now the beggar, you need to know his name. And so, yeah, I, Brother Jeff, sometimes, you know, it makes you shake your head, but that's why we're supposed to pray. He said men should always pray and faint not. There's always something to pray about. There's always somebody who's being hurt. There's always someone who's being neglected. There are always children. It's probably not in your news feed yet. It may not be, but uh, where I live, I'm very close to uh, 
Ohio and West Virginia. My area is called the Panhandle, the tri-state area. And so you don't have to go too many miles in any one direction. And in fact, my hometown, if I drove 10 miles in any direction, I was in either Pennsylvania or West Virginia. But in Ohio, I'm, I'm sorry, not in Ohio, in uh, San Antonio last night, a little boy went missing. And his mother, you know, called the authorities because they couldn't find him. And later that evening, they found him. And he was in a in a car with a stranger at a convenience store. And the uh, the local police, with uh, help from Homeland Security and the FBI, they surrounded the car in the parking lot so that the guy couldn't get away, and they arrested him. He was trying to sell the little boy, nine years old, for sex trafficking. That's yesterday, 2019, this country, land of the free, home of the brave. Let that sink in for a minute. So when 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 I when I ask everyone to pray for the children, this is what I'm talking about. The wickedness seems to be running amok, and we a lot of times it can be disheartening. But just like ASAP, we turn back to the Word of God. God's got this in check, and He's giving, if nothing else, He's giving us, the saints chances to pray to get things right. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal the land. So it's, it's on our shoulders. We can't expect them to do anything. They're part of the problem. They see it going on. They let it go. They don't care. The saints of God love. And we should care. And because we care, it's on our shoulders. We need to do that. So bottom line, and I'm speaking to myself before I speak to anybody else, if you're not on your knees lifting those situations up, if you're not in a constant state of repentance, if you're not seeking his face, spending not quality time, but spending real time with God alone with him, then it's not going to get fixed. If it's not fixed, it falls upon us. And we need to do what he told us to do. He gave us the prescription to fix it. That's what we need to do. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Anyone else? Hey, good morning, Brother Andrew. This is Kedra. Can you hear me okay? Yes, Kedra. Hi, good morning. Good morning. And God also tells us in the Bible, I don't know the address. Um, I should have probably looked that up before I came off you. But um, not to be jealous of the wicked, you know, because eventually they'll have their day. So um, listening to the declaration and the feedback that reminded me of that scripture. I will look it up so that I know the address, but we have to be mindful. God's like, they're going to have their day. We don't have to be jealous of that or envy that. We know that he's on the throne, and if we believe in what we pray and everything, um, we know our rewards are in heaven. 
Amen. Amen. Thank, thank you for that, sister. You're absolutely right. We're not supposed to. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 1 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious over the works, the workers of iniquity. So don't even be uh, the, the people that are causing the problems or the people that cheat to get their stuff that step all over your back to get that, you know, the gold medal, you know, don't want to be like them, don't wish to be near them, don't be afraid of them. Because he says, for they shall soon be cut off. Now, his soon isn't necessarily always our soon. It doesn't happen as fast as we would like it. Because just like James and John went to Jesus and they said, hey, master, these people in the town, they wouldn't receive us. Let's call fire down from heaven and burn them. Like like right now. Jesus was like, no, no, we're not going to do that. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it, but that's something that you have to actively work on not doing because, you know, I don't know anybody who doesn't want a nice car, but there are people out there doing everything they're big enough to do, thumbing their nose at God on a daily, you know, driving Rolls, Bentleys, Lamborghinis, Maybachs, you know, getting custom made rides. Just, you know, and they have garages full of them. Only have, like my mom would say, they only have one behind that can sit in a vehicle and they got four cars. You know, but there are people that just, oh, I collect cars. And it's like, wow, I'd like to be like that. It's like we're supposed to, we're, we're told not to, not to even want to roll like them. But the thing is, like, you may not have what they have. But you can go to bed at night in peace. You know, it's like the rich man goes to bed wondering about, you know, how he's going to get more money and how he's going to keep the money he's got. You know, the the modest man who doesn't have that much is secure in what he's got. You know, it's like if, if you, it, it, it's sort of like that that old joke that, you know, Nobody's going to break in and steal my stuff because I don't have any stuff to steal. I'm cool with the way I am. And we have to be, like Paul said, Paul was Paul taught, be content with what you have, like where you are. He says, I've been content with much or with little. We We just have to be because, again, all our steps are ordered and all things work together for our good if we are the called according to his purpose. So no matter where we are, no matter when we are, no matter how we are, it's still part of the plan. <clears throat> and we just have to believe that and not just say it with our mouth, not just read it with our eyes. We have to live it. And when you can get to that point, those people don't bother you. You can be like, you know, Elijah sitting in a mountain and the soldiers are coming after him. And then he just lets uh, his servant know, he's like, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And immediately the servant looks up and he sees the, the mountain full of chariots of fire with angels you know, in them. And he's like, they that be for us are more than they that be against us. So we're safe here. It doesn't matter what it looks like. 
we know the truth. And the truth is beautiful because he is the truth. But uh, like I said, but sister, that's a hard thing to do on a daily basis, not to want to have, you know, it's not them like you just want to have what they have. You want nice things or you want X, Y, and Z. They got X, Y, and Z. They may buy X, Y, and Z just because they heard you say you'd like one. So they mm-hmm. can, they do, you know, they may not even want it. They just buy it because they could. And sometimes that's so innovating. But, you know, like I said, we can go to bed. in our sleep and those blessings nothing they have you know outweighs those so god is good thank you thank you for your comment anybody else hey Heather. this is juliet um hey juliet there's yeah there's other scriptures that i um always defer to because um you know when you think about the wicked and stuff it looked like they're getting away with stuff but i always go to ecclesiastes 8 and it's verse um, 11 through 13, it says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall be prolonged his days, which are as a shadow, because he fears not before God. Those that scripture is deferred to. I mean, you know, when you think about it. sometimes yeah, you look at stuff and you look at how people are, you know, getting away with stuff. It seems like they you know, like if you do something, I could totally identify with that passage David was saying, like, it's like, you know, they seem like they can just go on and do evil and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Try to do something, you know, you, you're going to get caught, you know, but that's because yes. you know, we're we're held at a higher standard and we know better. But, you know, yeah. that one is the one I always refer to when I think about that, you know, um, they think they're getting away with stuff. So, you know, this mm-hmm. is their, their heaven right here. This is, you know, this is what they get. But it's it's only yeah. a shadow. That's what the scripture yeah. says. And, and the thing is, like, our, 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 our lives that we're living here, it's, it's not even a dust moat compared to the size of and length of eternity. So you may think that you know you're just having the greatest greatest run, and 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 you'll live this lifetime over a billion times, and you'll still be in eternity, and you'll still be in torment. And the question is like, was it worth it? I'm like, no, it's not worth it. But we know that ahead of time, you know. And, and and that that that's the beauty of it. We know it ahead of time. Another thing, when David was saying that, you know, when he was, you know, he wasn't like sort of like at, 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 a, at a barbecue, you know, you know, hey, send the kids over. Hey, look, hey, 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 little ones, fret not thyself because of evil doers. That's not when he was writing it. He was writing it when Saul was trying to come kill him and paying people to find him so they could kill him. This he was writing this under duress. Someone wanted to see you dead. Somebody like John Gotti. Saul was the John Gotti of his day, and he wanted David dead. 
and he made no mistake about it. David had to live with the Philistines for a little bit because Saul wanted him dead. Saul was serious. Okay? Saul wasn't man enough to do it himself, but he was certainly going to fund somebody else's pursuit, and there's always, even today, there's always somebody wanting that money to hurt somebody else. I'm like, you know, you know it's just another job. So David was writing those words under stress, under strain, and yet the word, the beauty of the word still rings through. You know, he said, when the wicked are cut, are cut off, thou shalt see it. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. Then he also says, I once was young and now I'm old, but never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So yeah, I'm going to serve him because not only do I benefit, my seed benefits, my children benefit under that protection too. And they may not be as, as holy as, they may not be living as holy as me. But that's not what the verse says. The verse says was there's, that protection extends to the children. It's amazing. You know, God is, God is awesome at all levels. But it's hard to just look with your natural eye and see that going on and not be distressed, not be, not be, you know, bothered by it. That's why, like Brother Jeff said, that's why you got to know the word. Know what God said. Know what he promised. Know what to expect from him. And that'll get you through. So thank you for your comments. You know, I just want uh, to say some, really yes. one, one more thing. I was just thinking, you know, his own son, King Solomon, at the end of all, he, you know, he, he tried everything. He did everything yes. under and he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God yeah. shall every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. So even he was like, after you know, it's, I've done everything. And I, I'm, I'll come back to the same conclusion. It's all about God. You know, it's all yeah. about relationship, building that relationship with God and doing what, you know what he's called me to do. Yeah, the 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 thing is like my father used to used to laugh about that. He said, you know something? That clown was the smartest man who ever lived. And it took him all that to get to this verse that he, he, even the slowest man in church understands. Trust God and 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 and, and do his do what he said because that's why we're here. That's what it boils down to. And he said, like this, the wisest man in the in the whoever walked the earth, other than Jesus, you know, has to go through all this other before he realizes that's what he should be doing. And he's just like <laughs> he wasn't that smart after all, was he? And when you think about it, it's like he's got a point. But look, look, God blessed Solomon because of his father David. God gave him peace from all his enemies. So Solomon, Solomon didn't have to like send anybody out to war. There were no Israelites being killed on some far field. Okay. He was blessed with like money. The kingdom was doing well. And so Solomon had a lot of time on his hands. 
And so that's when he had time to, you know, have all these women and, you know, have all these women at his, at his disposal to, you know, collect all that money. And sometimes, like, just having all that time on your hands is not a good thing. So, you know what the old folks used to say, and I don't mind is the devil's workshop. Solomon did everything he was big enough to do and found out that it did not make him one ounce happier. It did not bring him joy. It just caused him more, he said, vanity and vexation of spirit. So sometimes it's just best to keep it simple and not try to, you know, go hog wild. But, I mean, that's a matter of uh, your own personal conscience. But again, like, you know, the more the more you try to do, the more you try to hang, you know, the more temptation that's out there and the more chances for you to be derailed. Just do what your steps have been ordered to allow you to have and you're a lot safer. Thank you, sister. There was someone else. Hey, Brother Andrew, um, you just made me think about something. First of all, thank mm-hmm. you for stepping up, and I appreciate you just being ready and with not just any word, but a word, you know, and breaking that, that passage down. And you said a whole lot. I was driving in. I wish I could have been writing some things down. Um, so thank you. I appreciate you um, and your gift, your ability. Um, you know, Solomon thank you, is really interesting. Yeah, he's really interesting because you just laid it out perfectly what I was thinking. He had everything. He lacked nothing, right? He was in time of peace. Everybody catered to him. And on top of his material stuff, he had wisdom, right? And he had the favor of God and he had knowledge. And he did have a relationship with God um, through his father, right? God spoke mm-hmm. directly to him, granted his wish and gave him um, an abundance of what he asked for because his heart wasn't towards stuff and things. So still looking at Solomon, where he came from and how he probably had to strive with his brothers, but his mother was there speaking up on his behalf for him to take um, the position that was rightfully being left to him by God, because, you know, that was oftentimes a struggle. Right. Even going through everything that he had went through, he is telling us, and this is a perfect example, that it's not worth anything. Right. If you don't have right relationship with God as a result of Solomon's heart. And I think these are part of the mother wounds and that stuff he came through coming up. He turns his heart away from God to the extent of turning towards idle women. Right. That yeah. he was, you know, that was forbidden. And that was the only really charge that we find that I know of um, that's against Solomon. He turned his heart yeah. away from God towards these idolatrous women, towards these pagan gods. And when you turn your heart and give your heart towards something, you really do end up worshiping what they are worshiping because they have you, right? It's part of your, who you are. So, I mean, I think that's a huge lesson in that, that what is a prophet? you know, a man to gain the whole entire world and lose his soul. On the other hand, if I die and I leave this place with nothing, but I have Christ, that's when it matters, right? Amen. Because this world is temporal. And 70, 80, 90, even 100 years looks like a long time. But compared to eternity, it is nothing. Just a whisper. Come on. Amen. We are but vapors. <laughs> yes. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. I thank God for your parents that poured into you and your mother that trained you in the word. And I just appreciate you, man of God. Thank you so much. Bless you, sister. Thank you so much for your encouraging words. And and, and, and you you sparked something in my mind in terms of uh, the position that God gave Solomon. Solomon was the first priest king. And when Solomon was leading the sacrifices and the prayers uh, at the dedication of the temple, God didn't stay his hand. God didn't have, you know, a Biathar, the high priest, do it. Solomon did right. that. Okay. He and and then, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after all those thousands and thousands of sacrifices to dedicate that table, it was like they're swimming in blood. Okay. God met him in the, in in his sleep time and this is like Solomon's heart was attuned to God uh, initially because the first time God appeared to him in his sleep God asked him a question you know basically like here's a blank check tell me what you want and he answered in a godly way how many people how many of us can do that in our sleep so have our minds stayed within the boundaries and not, you know, do try, try to do something like completely stupid and wild because like, well, since you asked, you know, how about this? Because God has a permissive will too, right? But he he was on point then. Now, the second time God appeared to him in his sleep, he, he basically took the approach, I'm pleased, but not impressed. Because God went directly to the matter. He said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Or if I, my people are, if I send pestilence or other, like another land to come after you. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. He kept it short. He kept it sweet. But he was basically like, yeah, I've seen what you did in the temple, okay? And my name will hollow it. He didn't talk about, like, how pleased he was with the sacrifice. He didn't go on that. He just like, yeah, okay, I saw what you did. My name is going to be there. And boom, he went to the heart of the matter. And he let him know that if you serve me like your father did, cool. But if you don't, I'm coming after you. And he let David know before that. I'm sorry, I'll keep this short. He let David know before that. He's like, uh, I'll take care of your son. You know, he will be like my son, you know. Mm-hmm. And if he sinned before me, I will beat him with the rod of men. But I'm not going to take your name away from There's always going to be someone sitting on a throne with your name. Mm-hmm. And so right, when he just had to come off, through that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but when he gets to Solomon, he was like, okay, okay, all right, you're on the right path. But if you step away, I'm coming after you. And one more thing, when Israel went to Samuel and they said, hey, your son, you're old and your sons aren't in any close like close to anything like you. Give us a king. And he's like, no, 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 you don't want a king. God is our king. They're like, hey, nevertheless, give us a king. And he prayed about it, and God's like, hey, uh, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. But check this out. There are three things that the king that they want so bad, he can't do. 
he can't hoard gold. He can't take horses out of Egypt, and he can't multiply wives. Mm. And each king of Israel did, I don't know how many horses Saul got from Egypt, if he got any, but I do know Solomon did all of that at an exorbitant rate. Mm-hmm. Each king of Israel had more wives than the next, and Solomon topped it all off. And so, you know, be careful that be careful what you ask for adages there. But you know, God is God told them don't go marrying women, you know, strange women, because they will turn your heart from me. That's why you weren't supposed to marry a woman out of a tribe other than those 12. You can marry someone from your own tribe, preferably, but you couldn't marry somebody else because they turn your heart from God. And then Solomon did that, and what happened? Then he starts not only like letting them build groves for their gods, then he starts mm-hmm. to kneel with them at those groves. And then that's when, you know, God comes to him that third time. And so uh, someone that smart sure made a lot of dumb moves, <laughs> but we're, we're the same way. Oh, we're absolutely the same way. God has made us those great and exceeding promises. If you walk up right before me, no good gift will I withhold from you. The part is walking up right before him, right? I mean, yeah. he says, touch not, taste not, handle not the unclean thing. We just want to touch it. We just want to taste it, just like Eve. Just let me see what it tastes like, right? I mean, that's yeah. the temptation and giving in that we're all dealing with. I thank God that um, he showed us so many examples in the word of what not to do, and yet still we do it, right? But thank yeah. God for his grace and mercy. Thank God for his grace and mercy. And looking at lineage and family line, um, even with all those women, with David, and then passing that on basically to his son, um, the heart of matters is so important. Like, if we don't get nothing, make sure we check our hearts to make sure that that's right, because God knows our heart. He don't care what the words coming out of our mouth. Eventually, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. But some people are really clever at hiding some things. Nevertheless, God looks at our heart and he knows the condition. And if we know when we really take a look at ourselves and we see that our lives is just not lining up, our attitudes, our emotions, the way we're loving people or the way we're not, then that's the thing I believe God wants us to really look at working on is our heart condition so that it can be right towards him. When it's right towards him, that trajectory makes it right with other people. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Beautiful comments. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, the, the, the walk is simple, but it's not easy. And we have to hold on to him every step of the way. Because David said that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. As we walk in the, you know, illuminated by his word, in the darkness, that lamp. It's not a street light. It's 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 a it's a lamp, a lantern, one that you can hold in your hand. Uh, it's only going to light the next couple steps. It's not going to light way down the road. It's not going to light way back behind you. You have to. Tr- our, our walk is a walk of faith. You have to trust him for the next steps. But you know it's the straight and narrow. 
yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, there may be some stumbling blocks, but that light's going to mm-hmm. show you where they are. But you take it, you take it in a measured way. You don't walk slowly. You don't try to run. Paul said, you know, this race is not given to the swift, nor to the strong. Just he that don't endures. Skip to the end. Yeah, you know. <laughs> don't try to skip no steps. Yeah, don't skip no steps. Just don't worry about the third step. Just take the next step. You know, and, and, and stay plugged into the Holy Spirit. You're gonna be fine. It may not feel fine. He said you're gonna cry on this road. He said you're gonna have loss on this road. He said you're gonna be lonely on this road. But I'm gonna be with you. You just feel that. So don't don't get caught up in what you feel. Don't get caught up in what you see. Don't get caught up in what you hear. Just take the next step. Brother, excuse me, Brother Andrew. What book? Uh, what, yes. what uh, book in the Bible are you? Where is where you're speaking out of now? Um, what your the lesson is on? And I'm so sorry because I did come in um, after you already was speaking. Uh-huh. I had to clear. I came in on a prayer. Uh, Psalm 73. Oh, in Psalms, okay. Yep. And can and you keep teaching for like another three hours? I'm, te- I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I was saying, can you keep uh, teaching for another three hours? No, you're just doing so, I mean, you're just so, oh my gosh, it's just so, I'm getting, you're just such a wonderful teacher. So just keep on going. Keep going. Thank you. uh, uh, Thanks for your encouragement. Uh, I I, I get really excited about the Word of God. Uh, I'm not a preacher, okay? Don't try to act like I, I don't try to act like I am one. Uh, but I love the Word of God, and its richness is, is, is just awesome because it's helped me through so much in my life. You know, uh, I wasn't born a rich man's son. You know, and all the you know faults and failures that can come from you know just being human on this planet. You know, the Word of God has insulated me and helped me, and you know, put me in check. Uh, a lot of, you know, on a daily basis. And so when I get a chance to just talk about just how beautiful it is, I mean, it's it's got, the Word of God has mathematical precision to it. It's got the pristine beauty of unspoiled, uh, an unspoiled landscape, whether that landscape be filled with uh, prairie grass, uh, flowers in bloom, you know, trees uh, bearing fruit, you know, animals at play. Doesn't, doesn't matter. There's just, you know, like whales, like uh, sounding in the ocean, you know, a whole pot of them. You know, there's beauty in the Word of God. There's also a sobering, you know, uh, hand check in the Word of God. It was like, now look. You're getting close to the edge, you know. Be, be, uh, be careful, because when 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 you look at uh, the Old Testament, the Old Testament has the books of history, it has the books of poetry, okay, all fine and good. It's got the five books of the law, but the books of the prophets all run this sort of sort of like the same same theme. Uh, you've got the prophets that speak to the nation. Like like the uh, composite nation of Israel, 
then the kingdom is split and you have the prophets that speak to uh, Benjamin, Judah, and Israel proper, the 10 northern tribes. There's the warning to, all right, you guys are getting close to the edge. Don't go over. Okay, you're getting, you're on the edge now. Slow down. Oh, you guys, you're not slowing down because if you keep going this way, this is what God's going to do. Okay? God's serious. He's going to do this. You're not listening. Hello? It's like, okay. We tried to warn you. Tried to tell you what's going on. Here it comes. And then there's also God's going to come back and revisit you and restore you. So whether it's Nehemiah, as you know, uh, Ezra, Habakkuk, you have all of these, you know, different elements of that same thing. Okay, God's going to warn you. God's going to warn you again. God's going to tell you what happens if you don't listen. It happens. Then there's the restoration. And it's all like a warning to us here in the New Testament. Because when you look at where we are in this grand scheme of things, we are as if we were Israel in this sense. We live here in the United States. The United States has been established for, you know, X amount of centuries, okay? Based on the, when, when the Native Americans were here worshiping one God, uh, their people were decimated, you know, just kill them all because they're like, you know, it's almost like we're in Canaan. We got to kill everybody that's here because the land is ours. So that's what they did. So the blood of the Native Americans is deeply bedded in the soil. The people that were stolen, it's like these ships didn't go to Africa to get slaves. They got chieftains, they got scientists, they got mathematicians, astronomers, farmers, you know, good parents, kings, and they grabbed them and made them slaves and brought them over here. Their blood is in the soil. The orphan, the widow got chopped along the way. You know, their blood and their cries were still in the air. And this is the country that we live in. Uh, the Jim Crow laws, the overt racism, the classism, where if you're poor, you don't matter. If you've got dusky skin or dusky skinned heritage, you don't matter. Okay, the land of the free and the home of the brave doesn't really include you. The laws that were enacted that were unjust, that everybody was okay with, some people would raise an eyebrow and maybe even lobby for you, but they don't want you living next door to them. You know, the abolitionists were fine with uh, ending slavery, but we don't want the ex-slaves up here with us. Let them stay down there. You know, like just stuff that made no sense when you really thought about it is the fabric and the bedrock of where we live. And yet here we are. And in this age of technology, we have the benefit of taking the Bible with us everywhere we go. It's not like in the old days when you had to lug this 150-pound Torah 
with you that would, you know, one person really had trouble carrying it any great distance. Okay, now you can have the Bible on your phone in your purse. You can take it anywhere you want. You can even have it talk to you. Isn't that amazing? Are we acting any better? Are we living any more holy? It seems like it's just gotten really worse. Like, I'm in the heart of Silicon Valley. That's one of the reasons I took today off, just because, um, you know, I was sharing on the women's call. I mean, Uh I was out of work for a while. So I know now the importance of any time with God. I mean, this is kicking it off perfectly (laughs) to this morning call. Just time to just be still. Um, And um, I just, earlier on when you were speaking, you know, I just had that, flashback of like, you know, I'll go to the gym at lunchtime and they're, you know, harder Silicon Valley, they're still homeless. The homeless crisis has just gotten out of control. I mean, it's just not even what it used to be when I, you know, I'm from the Bay Area. It's just bad. It's just not even the same place. But long story short, is I was going to the gym, I pulled, I was at the stoplight and this man, um, he was an African-American man. He just was um, homeless. He, you know how they wait at the stoplight? They want money. And there's different people all the time waiting. You know, I don't know how they change over at that stop sign. So I was, like, just searching for something to get to him. And when I was, you know, giving it to him, someone's honking the horn. I don't know. That just spoke to me so I am very sensitive in this climate um, just of late, of this the world we're living in and that we I need to be in prayer and just you know I, I don't yeah. want to be like this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. When when I was uh <clears throat> when 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 I got out of college I was working in New York. And you know, one of those jobs that everybody you know everybody wants. God bless me to walk through some of those doors. And one thing that I read on one of the construction sites, they always have these signs like post no bills. And that's as soon as you see that, that's what people do. They put up stuff. But this one thing that I saw really struck me as I was hurrying to wherever I needed to be. And it said, how can you go to church and worship a homeless man on Sunday? and walk by a homeless man on Monday. And then you had to quote underneath, the foxes have dens, the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. And that just hit me like like a 10 pound sledge in my stomach. It's like, I never thought of Jesus as being homeless. Mm-hmm. Just never did. But the mm-hmm. verse is plain, you know, mm-hmm. unmistakable. He said, I have, he, he told Nicodemus, hey, I'm staying with you tonight. Nicodemus was like, cool. <laughs> you know, where else was Jesus going to stay? And when he okay. left uh, the company of the disciples to spend alone time with his father, like, where did he, where did he sleep? When he prayed before he uh, picked the 12, Bible says he stayed in prayer all night, literally. We're, we're not talking about flowery language. We're talking about pristine Lucas saying the pristine word of God says he prayed all night so he was out in the elements didn't say if it rained didn't say if it was snowing you know he's always trying to go into a mountaintop for aloneness solitude well you know the higher up you get it the colder it gets 
you know, he's out there in it. And we walk by the homeless. We make excuses for how, you know, what made them homeless, whether it's drugs, alcohol, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, so it I'm giving this guy money, and the people behind me are more concerned about getting to their destination than, which I understood too. It was like I was stuck, like, okay, I know that. It made me like think for a minute, okay, I know they have somewhere to go, but don't they see this homeless man and I'm trying to give him money? It was just like a really a, a moment of like me being still in this rat race, like really people? And like I think I said it out loud and the guy kind of laughed at me. I was like, God bless you. And I drove on because after I gave him what I gave him, I like, went and I'm like, wow, we live in a society that's like, it's dissolved. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Well, well, well let, let me take it a step further, sister. There are laws that have been enacted recently that give a municipality, uh, like the police, firemen, uh, just cause to uh, break the window in your car if you have a pet in the car on a hot day to free the pet. Oh yeah. But it's okay for that. But it's okay for that homeless man to be sitting on the sidewalk. Right. In the heat of the day, and you just right. walk past him, or the cops make him move because some dignitary is coming by, and we don't want this to be the look our city has. Yeah, yeah. people are more concerned with pets. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll see the commercials on TV where like the puppy is looking really sad, and he's <laughs> no, in I know a cage. Exactly what you're talking. I know, not that I I know it's, I know exactly what I know I know. Yeah, and 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 they're, and they're asking you to send money, and it's like you got home, you got people that look like you that are hungry tonight, and these shelters exist, but they're you know when they get full capacity, people in the front send the other people home, like yeah, I gotta go. That's why I had to get off Facebook because I've had too many of those kind of um, debates, you know, just yeah. I yeah, and, I mean, and it, and it breaks my heart, and that's why when 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 I get a chance. When, when, when I have the mic, I'm like, keep Sister Julia lifted up because she's on the front line and she's dealing with these people. And it's got to hurt your heart to see them in their condition. And you have limited resources and you can help them a little, but you can't give them all the help they need. And they're thankful for what you're giving them. But you can see you can still see the despair in her eyes. You can hear it in her voice. And it doesn't seem like anybody cares. But we have a Heavenly Father that does. But he acts through us. And so we can't be so caught up in, you know, buying the next uh, set of season tickets when you got to walk by homeless people. I'm not trying to tell anybody, you know, what they do with their money is wrong, but I'm just saying that in the greater matter when everything is hashed up what do you want god pointing out their season tickets or that you fed somebody because you may be entertaining angels unawares and and all through the bible we get these admonitions like uh he that giveth to the poor lendeth unto the lord and he shall repay him that's real clear. You know, in the pre Jesus said, the poor will be with you always. So there's always going to be a chance for you to help somebody. 
and you may not have anything to help somebody with. But Peter, Peter fixed that. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. We can do that too, but we got to be living holy and plugged in in order to have that authority and power. So, yeah, like like the times call for us to be us on a daily basis. You know, we have to prayer and fast to make sure that we have that. So when we can bless somebody, we bless somebody, and and they and they and they can walk in that blessing. So That's thank good. you, sister. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Forgive me for 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 uh, droning on this morning, but like I said, uh, these things need talked about, and uh, it's our job as Christians, as pastors, ministers, lay folk, uh, neighbors, friends. We 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 just need to care, and we may not. Our reach may be short enough that. We can only help a few people, but help the people that you can and pray for the ones you can't because collectively prayer will be the safety net that fixes everything because it only takes uh, God to turn the heart of one billionaire and we can fix a whole lot of this, you know, or touch the hearts of some of these folks that are rich in the church that feel insulated from being in that fray or divert their funds to other things because again it's cool to to like go to another land and and preach there are those that are called to do that but you also have the lady with three kids down the street who doesn't know what they're going to be eating next week because she's got to pay rent. She can't do both. She can't grocery shop or do both. Or the food that she can buy is not healthy. And so the kids are eating, but they're still malnourished. And you walk by and you think that that's really not your problem. Sometimes you've got to get a heart checkup. But like ASAP, in order to do that, the best cardiologist out there is the Word of God. And you come to the house of God where the Word dwells, and you'll get your checkup. May save your life. May save your soul. Should there be anybody else? Amen. We're about... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not. I just want to say thank you, Andrew. That was just. I got so much out of it before we hang up. I just wanted just to tell you that that was just so. All of it just was so good to me to process for today. It just was so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I appreciate every voice on this call, and I thank you for indulging me. Uh, sometimes I can get carried away, but the Word of God is precious to me. And the people of God are precious also. And the folks out there that are suffering are precious too. 
we we have an opportunity and we have a platform we have an obligation i need not say more so if all minds are clear i release you to the day and all the blessings and adventures that it holds for you but we'll go to our father one more time our father our god our creator as we bow before you in our spirits, we want to thank you for the time that you gave us this morning that we could convene and speak about your word. Father, now bless all the hearers that were on this call. Father, bless the speaker. Bless those we lifted up in prayer, Father, and those that we stood proxy for, that your blessings may flow, your protection may wrap up, and the world be a different place today because of us who call on your name. Father, give us traveling grace and mercy. Strengthen and keep us. Free us from our pain. Heal our bodies. Ease our minds. Give us wisdom, Father, to help us navigate. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, glory, and honor your name so richly deserves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. You have an awesome Amen. day. Have a good day. Blessed day, everyone. Have a blessed day, everybody. Wonderful work. Thank you.
Declare victory. 